This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 756, an excerpt from the book, The Year of Less, by Kate Flanders, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Friday, welcome to the podcast where I simply read blogs to you for free, usually. Today, I have a guest narrator, Kate Flanders. I got to meet her along with tomorrow's guest author and yesterday's at FinCon a few months back, which was awesome. I got to hear about her new book coming out this month. I'm really excited for her. So I asked her if she'd be willing to narrate some of it right here on the show, and she agreed. She did this audio just for you. The book is called The Year of Less, and she talks about not only giving up shopping for a year, but also her consumption tendencies as a whole, how she used to be a binge consumer of everything, but constantly trying to work at becoming a more mindful consumer. Definitely check it out. The book comes out January 18th, but there are pre-order bonuses now, so visit kateflanders.com for that. But for now, let's hear her narrate some of it as we optimize your life. I was naive when I started the shopping ban. I never could have imagined I would find myself in the same trenches I had been in when I gave up meat and alcohol. The social landscape of shopping seemed flatter, with fewer mountains to climb. Why should anyone care if I get rid of my stuff or don't shop for anything new? This doesn't affect anyone but me. Oh, how naive I was. Aside from the friend who made fun of my teeny tiny wardrobe, I had a friend who constantly tried to convince me to give up on the band so we could go to the outlet malls. Twice, I went to keep her company, but both times, I felt like the only sober person at the party. When I traveled to Toronto for work, my coworkers asked how the shopping ban was going and looked at me like I was crazy. Better you than me, they said as I walked past their desks, noticing that almost every single computer screen was open to an online shopping website. There were also friends who justified purchases I wasn't even seriously considering. They told me I deserved it. You work so hard, they said, and you only live once. I hated the acronym for that truism, YOLO. I'd watch too many friends swipe their credit cards and go deep into debt on that rationale. That and treat yourself were the two phrases I wished could be erased from the Urban Dictionary and forgotten forever. Yes, you only live once, and you should enjoy it, but not if it means breaking your budget or going into debt for it. There's nothing fun about debt, and there is certainly no acronym to change that. I knew that all too well. In all of these situations, I never got mad at my friends. I couldn't even blame them for trying to get me to shop with them, or shop for myself, or simply enjoy my money. This was a behavior many people learned and exhibited in all kinds of circumstances in their lives. In my own life, I'd had friends who would hand me another drink and encourage me to stay out all night. I'd had friends who suggested we switch to drugs so we could stay awake longer. I'd also had friends who would happily skip a workout and suggest we split a large pizza instead. Now I had friends who tried to justify why I should buy things for myself. What we were consuming was different, but the scenarios were always the same, and I couldn't pretend the roles had never been reversed. I don't have any specific memories of this, probably because I blocked them out the same way you block out anything you don't want to remember about your former self. But I am sure there were many times when I encouraged friends to break their own rules and do bad things with me. I know I did. I know, because that's what addicts do. It's also what people within the same circle of influence do. 
Over the years, I had developed dozens of friendships, but I had also compartmentalized them all. I had friends I drank with, friends I did drugs with, friends I ate junk food with, and friends I shopped with. It was rare for me to invite the friends I drank with over to my place when I knew another friend and I were going to binge on takeout. Occasionally, I smoked weed and ate junk food with the same people, but that was as close as I came to combining any of my worlds. And within each one of those worlds, I knew we were all guilty of influencing one another. The problem, in my friend's eyes, was that I was the first one to leave those worlds. I quit doing hard drugs when I was 23, and I quit smoking weed when I was 25. Goodbye, drug world. See you never again. Then I quit drinking when I was 27 and left that world behind too. I can't say I never eat bad food, but the healthier I got, the more self-aware I became about what I was putting into my body. I eventually stopped binging and stopped inviting friends to binge with me. And even though the three worlds were completely separate, after I left each one, the same list of comments started flooding in. First the jokes, then the justifications, the reminders of the good times, and the pleas to come back. I didn't think anyone would care that I quit shopping, but I also never got mad at my friends when they started making comments that expressed otherwise, because I knew the truth, which was that I had left them too. I had broken the rules and rituals that had bound our friendship in the shopping world. We would no longer be able to find pleasure in buying things at the same time, or talking about the deals we got, or sharing tips on how to save. I had always known that drinking alcohol was deeply ingrained in our culture and was a main talking point at almost all events, but I had never even thought about the fact that shopping and spending money might have been an even bigger thing we bond over. See? Naive. So I couldn't get mad at my friends for feeling as though I'd just removed myself from what was probably one of the most common topics of discussion. As time went on, I noticed more and more friends acted like they couldn't recap their own shopping adventures in front of me the same way you wouldn't curse in front of a child. Sorry, Kate, you won't care about this next story, they would say before sharing with the group. Should I cover my ears? Or go sit in the corner? Eventually, a few people stopped inviting me to anything that involved spending money at all. They seemed confused by the whole experiment, and assumed that because I couldn't shop, I also couldn't go out for dinner. Those assumptions hurt because they made me feel like I was being ostracized for trying to better myself. Was this what it felt like to be one of the smart kids who actually cared about their education and their grades in high school? I wanted to reach out and tell my friends that just because I was changing didn't mean they had to. I don't care that you still shop, so why do you care that I don't? Instead, I said nothing. I always said nothing. But it did make me wonder, why do we encourage each other to spend money when we should all be saving more? You just listened to an excerpt from the book titled The Year of Less by Kate Flanders. Thank you to Kate for doing this reading just for this podcast. Again, there are pre-order bonuses for her book that are worth checking out, including bonus audio. To find it, just come by her site, kateflanders.com, and Kate is spelled C-A-I-T. Have a very happy Friday. I'll see you tomorrow with yet another guest narration and where your optimal life awaits.